Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans, with part one of this message entitled, The Jewish Problem Analyzed. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help me by your Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. The gospel that declares of a great salvation. Help us to give to people precise knowledge on how to be saved. There is so much confusion exists. So much human opinions presented us the gospel. Shine upon us. Even now as we hear the word preached. And help us to be a people who will hear and do the will of God. This we pray in Jesus name. Amen. The subject in Romans 10, 1 through 4 is Jewish unbelief. It is also the problem of the vast majority of the Gentiles. The question St. Paul is dealing with is, why most Jews are not saved? The answer is, they fail to believe in their Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of David. They failed to cry out to him as the Gentile woman did. Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me. Rabbi Shraga Simmons, in his article, he asked this question. For 2,000 years, Jews have rejected the Christian idea of Jesus as Messiah. Why? And he answers it. He says Jesus did not fulfill the messianic prophecies. He says Jesus did not embody the personal qualifications of Messiah. The blind Bartimaeus believed Jesus was the son of God. The brilliant rabbi Saul of Tarsus, the famous student of Gamaliel, believed. The New Testament witnesses to this truth that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Christianity's center is Christ the Messiah, promised. Jesus himself said so. He challenged the people. Who can convict me of sin? And he tells us. That he has testimonies outside of himself. That he is the Messiah. John the Baptist. John 5 verse 33. You have sent to John and he has testified to the truth. 
He has testimony from his own work. Verse 36, I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish and which I am doing testifies that the Father has sent me. And Jesus said the Father himself testifies. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the father says, hear ye him. Have you done that, sir? Not only that, the scriptures themselves, that is the Old Testament, gave witness to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you diligently study the scriptures because you think That by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and to have life. What about Moses? I was reading Rabbi Schrager. And he said the Messiah they expect is going to be second to Moses. Moses is number one. The Messiah is number two. But let's see what Moses said. John 5. But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me for he wrote about me. And not only that, the entire Old Testament, the law, the prophets, the writings, the Psalms, they all spoke of Jesus. Jesus himself said so after his resurrection, Luke 24. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Friends, unless Christ opens the eyes of men, blinded by the devil, no one will see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ in the gospel and be saved. The greatest sin in the world is not the murder of the Messiah. It is unbelief in Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead so Jesus said in John 16 when he comes he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me the greatest sins And if you have not believed in Jesus Christ, you have committed the greatest unpardonable sin. St. Paul identified this Jewish unbelief in chapter 9, 30 and 31. Where he says Israel pursued the way of justification, the way of righteousness, the way of salvation, the way of life. By their own works. Ex ergon. 
and not by faith ekpisteos in romans 9:1 through 29 paul deals with the salvation of sinners on the basis of divine sovereignty divine election in 9:30 through 10:21 he deals with it in terms of human responsibility no one is saved unless he believes savingly in the messiah our lord jesus christ that is you are responsible if you are not saved so i want to speak to you about three things the intense burden for souls second the nature of unbelief and third christ the only way of salvation the intense burden for souls for unbelieving king folk of saint paul the unbelieving jews reviled him persecuted him opposed his preaching and planned to kill him I read to you from 1 Thessalonians 2:14 through 16 for you brothers became imitators of God's churches in Judea which are in Christ Jesus you suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out they displeased God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the gentiles so that they may be saved in this way they always heap up their sins to the limit the wrath of god has come upon them at last serious business sir jew or gentile as long as you do not believe in jesus christ you are heaping up sins to the limit Yet St Paul loved them and earnestly desired for their eternal salvation. This is clearly shown in the beginning of chapter 9 and 10 and 11. Their salvation was his heart's intense desire. So we read in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 20 to the Jews I became a Jew to win the Jews. to those under the law i became like one under the law though i myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law to the weak i became weak to win the weak i have become all things to all men so that by all possible means i might save some Romans 11 verse 14 in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them not only he earnestly desired the salvation of the Jewish people he prayed for them continually he prayed for the one thing needful their eternal salvation sir 
the greatest need of fallen man is not more money, bigger house, newer cars, and iPad. Salvation esoterium. Salvation, sir. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Said Jesus. Paul prayed continually and exhorted us to pray always. Jesus, the Son of God, prayed to the Father with the loud cries and tears, we are told. Prayer is the means to God's ordained end. God ordains end as well as means to that end. God ordains elect sinner salvation and so he ordains that the gospel be preached to them. He ordains that we eat the daily bread and live so he ordains the means to that end that we work six days a week and make money to buy bread. Paul desired the salvation of his brothers. He prayed for them. George Mueller prayed for 60 years for two of his friends when he was a young man. And one came to his service one year before his death and was saved. And the other was saved one year after his death. Friends, do you have an intense desire for the salvation of your children, your spouse, your mother, your mother-in-law, your father, your father-in-law, your brothers and sisters? They are hurtling down to hell itself. You desire their salvation. Do you pray for their salvation? Do you witness to them? Paul witnessed to them because faith comes by hearing the gospel. In Acts 13 we read on the next Sabbath almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, now we tend to the Gentiles. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. Or look at Acts 26. He is before Agrippa. Agrippa says, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me such a big man to be a Christian? You think you can persuade me the king to become a Christian in such short period of time? I'm a big man. And here the answer, short time or long, I pray God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, Christian. Except for these chains. Do you have that burden, sir? 
He writes the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first. And also to the Greeks. In every city he visited he first went into the synagogue to preach to the Jews. Second. The nature of Jewish unbelief. Which is also the nature of what? The Gentile unbelief. It is also the nature of your unbelief. Your mother's unbelief. Your father's unbelief. Your children's unbelief. It's the same. Jews were zealous people. Positively speaking of the Jews. Paul says that they are a zealous people. They do things wholeheartedly. May God help us to be zealous. As we study and work. The scripture says whatever your hand finds to do. Do it with all your might. Or St. Paul says do as to the Lord. Why do you get a C when you can get an A? Zeal. You all must have zeal. But their zeal was without precise knowledge. Epignosis. True understanding of the gospel. Friends you go to many churches in this country. What you get is not epignosis. Clear understanding of the gospel. Sheer entertainment, man-centered worship. The zeal of the Jews had a serious flaw. It was devoid of knowledge. The gospel of God concerning his son. The gospel that Christ died for our sins and raised for our justification. So you see, in Acts chapter 22, verse 3 and 4, St. Paul says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. So zealous persecuted the followers of this way to their death. Arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. Zealous and persecuting. Zealous and opposing Jesus Christ. Zealous and murdering people. Acts 26. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem on the authority of the chief priests. I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my fanaticism, in my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. That's the problem, sir. 
when you have zeal without precise knowledge of the gospel. It is not enough to be fanatically religious and put on bombs and press it in the mall to kill people in the name of God. We must be zealous for truth, the gospel. Fanaticism does not save Tradition of the elders cannot save. Luther's zealous piety did not save him. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel saved him. You need God revealed in the objective knowledge of the way of salvation. Religions of the world cannot save a single person. The followers of all human religions go into eternal destruction with all their zeal. The zeal of the Jews lacked precise knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul answered the question, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Jesus and the apostles said the same. No one comes to the Father Except through Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, the resurrection and the life. Miss him. You with all your fanaticism drift into hell. You read all the Jewish writings. My professor Edward J. Young, the greatest conservative Old Testament scholar in the world said about the Jewish writings you read it they missed the Messiah which the entire Old Testament was talking about Proverbs 19 and and verse 2 tells us it is not good to have zeal without knowledge nor to be hasty and miss the way miss Jesus you miss heaven You miss eternal life. Zeal without knowledge. The cults are empty of truth. Yet cultists go all over the world to get converts so that they could send them to hell. Liberal Christianity has no Christ. Any Christianity that is empty of the preaching of the epignosis of the gospel, the precise knowledge of the Bible, is devoid of salvation. Look at the fanaticism of environmentalism, Marxism, global warming and cooling, worship of mammon, zealous for killing of infants over 50 million babies were killed in this country since 1973 for personal happiness zeal without knowledge evolutionary hypothesis brought about the destruction in terms of the rot of the culture of this country Paul says that his Kinfolk were zealous, but they lack precise knowledge of salvation. 
which St. Paul tells us in Romans 3 verse 21 through 26, how to be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. There was a man in the 17th century England by name William Naylor. He rode into Bristol announcing that he was the Messiah. Zealous but ignorant and arrogant. Run away from churches that are zealous but refuse to preach the gospel. You need the knowledge of true gospel to be saved. A London Christian bookstore owner was selling a book in his store. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones visited the store and told the owner that the author of this book virtually denied all the cardinal articles of the Christian faith. The owner who loved money more than The gospel replied, but I have never known a more devout man. You must hear him pray such pious prayers. Zeal without knowledge is dangerous. It sends people to hell. Zeal without knowledge. Paul puts a curse Anathema on anyone who preaches a gospel that is different from the gospel of God concerning his son, which he expounds in Romans and in Galatians. Let him be anathema. And you go to many churches in this country, you should be able to say anathema. Because they refuse to preach the Bible. Away with ignorance and ignoramuses, subjectivism, irrationalism, emotionalism, and all imprecise knowledge of the gospel. Away with all human religions and philosophies. Jesus said, you are because you do not know the scripture or the power of God. Friends, truth sets you free. Sun sets you free. The gospel sets you free. Cults and human religions enslave us. Jesus alone saves us. Paul's kinfolk were ignorant of God's righteousness. God's own righteousness, which in Christ God provides for us freely to be received by saving faith in him. They knew about it. Paul preached to them the gospel, but they refused to embrace salvation. Embrace the Messiah, Jesus. As Simeon himself embraced Simeon of Luke Chapter 2. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying. Sovereign Lord. As you have promised. You now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for the revelation of the Gentiles. And for the glory 
to your people Israel. They were blinded by the devil. As natural man they did not receive spiritual things. They were responsible for their unbelief. And if you don't not believe in Jesus Christ. You cannot say you didn't hear the precise knowledge of the gospel. In this church we preach it. If you do not believe it is your responsibility. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the Messiah. They knew he died and rose again as he predicted. But they would not trust him. They went about to establish their own righteousness. Based on their own good works. Isn't that the problem with everybody? Ask your mother. She would say I'm not, I'm not that bad. In fact I'm pretty good. They said to God, don't bother sending your son to accomplish redemption based on his preceptive and penal obedience to the law, based on his obedient life and death. We will save our souls. We are not that bad. Your standard is not that high. We have our own righteousness. Heaps of filthy rags. They had a low, low view of sin and a low view of God and a low view of his holiness. This is the problem of human ways of self-salvation. Low view of law, low view of sin, low view of God. One Saint Paul did the same thing. He rejected the messianic salvation because concerning the righteousness of the law... Perfect. He said about himself. So the self-righteous Pharisees refused to submit to the Messiah and the salvation he accomplished. Listen to the Pharisee. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers. Or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But God said, go to hell. It is implied in what he said to the publican. He went home what? Justified. Most people hate grace. They are proud of their own achievement. They reject the doctrine of total depravity. Man is okay. He can still handle himself in spite of the fall. Man is getting better and better. Soon he will become Superman. Conquering all wars and diseases and death itself. Man must believe in himself and in his infinite potential. I am my own savior. I refuse to live by grace through faith. So they did not submit to God. To God's righteousness. To God's Messiah, the only savior. They opposed God and his Messiah. They crucified him with the help of the Gentiles. To them, Jesus was a blasphemer, a cursed one. They trusted in themselves. They needed no help from God. They needed no messianic mediator. They were very proud, sir. 
They justified themselves. They trusted in themselves. Friends, listen. Pay attention. Pay careful attention. Pay very careful attention. Lest you drift. Either God in Jesus Christ saves you by the righteousness of God and you go to heaven. Or you save yourselves by your own good works and go to hell. That's all there is to it. Past majority choose the latter. Self-salvation by a self-righteousness that stinks in the nostrils of God. The rich young ruler did not submit to Jesus Christ and to his righteousness. So he went to hell. He went away sad. Listen. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand. And the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. Well, listen. Therefore, you king, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. Lest they be angry and you be destroyed in your way for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. The Baptist minister Jeffrey B. Wilson says a sinner is never safe. Do what else he may until he has submitted to God's method of justification the Jews the people of the book studied the scriptures diligently and yet missed the message of righteousness of God missed its Messiah Jesus Christ the savior of the world savior of Jews and Gentiles friends kiss the son believe in Jesus Christ surrender to him Submit to the righteousness of God and throw away the dung of one's own righteousness. You are not going to be a superman. You are going to die. And the others are dying all over the world. It is appointed that man die once and then comes judgment. Think about yourself. Make your calling and election sure by submitting to the righteousness of God freely offered to us to be received by faith. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Lord, it is folly to think that a fallen sinner can be righteous before God. Job asked the question, Can purity be brought out from impurity? Can a man born of a woman be righteous in God's sight? The answer is no. We praise you and thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled your law, actively and passively, preceptively and penally, and he brought about our salvation consisting in forgiveness of all sins and granting us the robe of divine 
righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled, The Jewish Problem Analyzed. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 